0: everyone and welcome back to Ghouls Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Edge Munster. And when we were talking about monster cereals last week, um, mm-hmm. you know, we <laughs> talked about how Brian Fuller was struck by one of his first spooky experiences as a child being monster cereal. And I was recently reminded of one of mine. And we're going to talk about Scooby-Doo today. (gasps) Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if anyone has missed um, the big news, uh, Scooby-Doo has been rattling around the internet lately uh, because Velma Dinkley is a longtime queer icon who is now confirmed lesbian
1: confirmed
0: again welcome back to penny and midge show you how it's gay yes (laughs) um (laughs) uh, so yeah scooby-doo was definitely one of the first like spooky things that i was into obviously scooby-doo is an extremely mild level of spooky which was what my scared little self needed yeah (laughs) i think it was
1: both both of our uh our horror thresholds as children probably laid somewhere around the scooby-doo mark Mm
0: -hmm, yes
1: Uh, and even that
0: certain episodes really stuck with me yeah some of them are pretty are pretty spooky um but yeah uh scooby-doo where are you the original first premiered in 1969 uh, so it's so wild that you know it's over 50 years later and the show is still popular and they're still making new versions of it. Yeah, it's because it's so good. It is. Uh, so I learned some history from the provocatively titled Smithsonian article. Uh oh, <laughs> how Scooby Doo's origins are related to the RFK assassination. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> If you want to just drop drop right in, we're going we're going full out. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> well, I have answers for you. Uh, so basically, um, as this article describes, um, like throughout the 1960s, cartoons were basically getting more and more violent. Like mm. it was in like the 1950s that like stuff like Tom and Jerry was really popular, and it was like kind of like comedy and hijinks, um, but. People were in the 60s were into the space race. they were into superheroes, secret agents. and these cartoons um, were just getting more intense really. Um, they described them as action adventure cartoons with like lots of fantasy violence, lots of peril. like people were actually like killing bad guys and stuff in these cartoons. Uh, so they were they were a little intense um, but that was like that was what people were enthused to see. that was what the networks wanted to buy and they were saying that like in starting in 1968 they like announced like six new like action cartoons hmm. on TV and so it was just like dominating all of the media I have to tell you, I won't go uh, into detail right Mm -hmm. now,
1: but this is going to tie so beautifully into our next episode.
0: I I love when that happens. (laughs) You and I were on a weird, uh, a weird wavelength this week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But of course, in 1968, there was also a lot of real life violence on Mm -hmm. TV. Uh, There was the Vietnam War um, protests, Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination and the riots that followed that. And Robert F. Kennedy, um, who I found out did not know, he had 11 children. Oh, that's 10 too many. That's right. That's that's too many. That's too many. (laughs) That's a lot of kids. (laughs) Um, But he had kind of been like a champion of children's causes um, throughout his political career. And um, while he was the attorney general, he worked with the FCC and like wanted to, quote, clean up the vast wasteland of children's television. Oh, sure. Um, Save the kids, am I right? Right. Uh, He was assassinated in June of 1968, and um, just hours after his death, LBJ announced a National Commission on the Causes and Prevention of Violence Um, And it just really sparked off, you know, as we talk about in many episodes, a moral panic Mm -hmm. um, that had people just really like searching around for things that they could do. Obviously, a lot of people felt very anxious and out of control with all of the real life violence they were experiencing. And they were like, and it's almost like sometimes
1: art imitates life, (laughs) and people are looking for an outlet to uh,
0: deal with those feelings. Right. Um, And not the other way around. (laughs) And they were like, well, what can you do about real life violence? Um, I feel kind of helpless there, but I can crack down on children's television. But I can make sure that that darn Scooby gang. Right. (laughs) (laughs) the networks announced that they would start introducing new less violent shows uh so they're gonna they're gonna need some new shows (laughs) sure sure what do we do in a pr crisis we Mm -hmm. introduce new characters new characters um so this entire thing like as i go into describing this it was cracking me up because i was thinking how we had talked about the Munsters and the adams family and just Mm -hmm. the idea that it was like haha just make another one and yeah. like TV in the like late 60s, 70s was basically, a, it appears to me, just, well, make another one of that. Like, well,
1: well that's doing well. Let's ev- do it again.
0: <laughs> everyone was just copying each other fully all the time and even copying <laughs> themselves. Um, so apparently, CBS launched the Archie show based on Archie Comics. It was a huge hit. Um, the song Sugar Sugar was even a number one Billboard hit. And they were like, hey, let's have more of this. Let's have another teen band show. What about a show about a teen band that solves mysteries? Love. Which was also just inspired by... They were like, oh, it's like a cross between this mystery show and Archie. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just put them in a blender. Yeah. Uh, so the original concept was called that Hanna-Barbera created was called Mysteries 5. And it featured five teens in a band and their dog who played the bongos who was named too much. (laughs) A a bongo playing dog. Mm hmm. Okay. Yep. And so fun fact, they actually initially wanted too much to be a great Dane, but they were worried that it would be too close to Marmaduke. So before Mm. they pitched it to the network, they switched him into a sheep dog, which was what the kids on the Archie show had. So to avoid the, to avoid being too close to anything else, right. they made it exactly like this other mm-hmm. thing. That makes sense. Yep. Um, so there was a, there was back and forth. So like the network declined the pitch the first time. They like took it back. They were like, "All right, we'll go back to the Great Dane, ditch the five teens. We'll do four teens. Um, they're not going to be in a band anymore." <laughs> um, I'm kind of bummed that they weren't. I didn't know that was on the table. Right. Yeah. And like. I feel like the show ma- suddenly makes a lot more sense when you're like, why would there be why a bunch would- of people traveling around in a van a doing and- stuff? It's and like, like, oh, a band. That makes sense. And now they're just random teens.
1: Well, I'm like, what do these four people have in common? Yep. How did they get, how did they find <laughs> each other? Because they, yeah, if they're doing some kind of group activity, that makes sense. But if you're going to sell me that, like, these four people just... Like answered a Craigslist ad and now they travel together in a van. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it.
0: No, feldman's not putting up with that shit. I can Mm-mm. guarantee. It. Hell no. Uh, so in a second pitch, um they tried naming it "Who's Scared," which I'm like, that would be that is not memorable. What a perfect name. And it's just extremely hard to say. Like I, that was the first time that I said it out loud, and it was worse than I expected. Um, but they were like, okay, no, that's not going to work. And supposedly inspired by listening to Frank Sinatra's Strangers in the Night and all of his little doobie dooby doo. They were like, oh, that's a good sound. Let's, let's call it Scooby Doo. Wow. Thanks, Frank. And Yep. Thank you, Frank. And thus, thus Mysteries Incorporated, Scooby Doo was created. Uh, so we have our. Our gang of our gang of characters. Uh, we've got Shaggy. Okay, so this was the other thing. So I was reading this. Apparently, the four characters of Scooby Doo are just mapped on four teens from a different TV show. It was like the Lives of Dobie Gillis, which I have heard of existing but know nothing about so I'm sorry if we've got any Dobie stands in our (laughs) in our audience but they were just like okay we'll just take the characters from that and make them these cartoons now so more (laughs) more originality in media well and it is kind
1: of interesting I don't know you know which came first the chicken or the egg but the Scooby-Doo characters also very much kind of become the archetypes of like any teen horror film too. Yeah. You've got like the stoner, mm-hmm. the link nerdy virgin, <laughs>
0: the like you know, hot girl. <laughs> right. And see, I love the fact that you immediately go to that because I literally have written down Shaggy, a cowardly beatnik slash stoner yeah. <laughs> type. Um, who fun fact for I mean, I feel like this is a well-known fact, but some people are still surprised. Uh, For many, many years, voiced by Casey Kasem of American Top 40. Yeah. And he actually came back to voice Shaggy in one of, I think, the 2002 TV show on the condition that they make Shaggy a vegetarian like he was. So, like, he was, like, you know promoting his his vegetarian lifestyle, which I thought was interesting. A little, little hippie shaggy. A little little hippie little hippie vibes. Uh we have Daphne, the hot damsel in distress, um, infamously falling into things, getting captured by people. Um, and I did appreciate uh we note that in more modern adaptations, they kind of like use Daphne to like react to her own previous Daphne-ness. And now mm. it's like no, Daphne knows karate and she can save herself.
1: Yes. We, lo- we love the uh, the 90s girl power arc for, yes. for
0: Daphne. We're like, oh, wait, that was problematic. <laughs> uh, we've got Fred, the leader, his fancy ascot. All He's leaders have ascots. So that's a, always, a fact. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And Velma, the nerd.
1: I loved Velma. I was always obsessed with Velma
0: as a kid. Yes. Oh, man. Um. Uh, well, so we'll we'll talk a little bit we'll more about Velma yeah. later on. Uh, we're gonna go a little bit more in the history, um, and just in the in the theme of people copycatting, Scooby Doo inspired a wide variety of animated shows about teens solving mysteries with their pet or animal mascot. <laughs>
1: You know, I noticed that when you talked about the characters, you didn't give
0: Scoobert-Doobert his dues, and I'm really um, offended by that. I am sorry. Yes, we also have, of course, the man himself, (laughs) Scooby-Doo, who is also a coward, but can be inspired into brief moments of courage by his delicious Scooby snacks. (laughs) I, too,
1: am food motivated in situations (laughs) of fear. (laughs)
0: Yes, there you go.
1: <laughs> Tag
0: yourself, I'm Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I'm Scooby. Uh, so various Scooby-Doo series and movies aired through the 70s and 80s. Um, I thought it was really interesting that like for a lot of these like kind of spin-offs, they would just cut out Fred, Velma, and Daphne and just have Shaggy and Scooby and Cy Scrappy-Doo. Scraps. Scrappy-Doo. Little scraps. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the show remained super popular in reruns, um, syndications through the '90s. They were still making direct-to-video movies. I definitely remember watching lots of the original Scooby-Doo on Cartoon Network in like oh, syndication yeah. in yeah. in the in the '90s and the early 2000s. That was one of my few shows that I like
1: knew exactly what time it was on. From yes. like I was like, okay, from this time to this time.
0: Nobody talk to me. I'm watching <laughs> Scooby-Doo. I'm watching my stories. I'm at my program. <laughs> my stories. Uh, I do. So I want to shout out just a few of my personal faves. And then if you want to add any to this list, mm-hmm. certainly feel free. Um, I very clearly remember um, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo.
1: Yeah. Being I don't know.
0: in reruns. Um, so this was from nineteen eighty-five, and I believe it had come up on the podcast before because it featured our good old pal Vincent Price. Yeah. Um So this was one that featured Shaggy and Scooby being tricked into opening a box of actual demons that were then set loose on the world. Uh so this is one that had real real monsters in it so real life demons real life demons so i guess i should say if anyone who's listening to this episode has not seen scooby-doo um the the basic format is the gang pulls up and is investigating a seemingly supernatural occurrence and then in the end it turns out to be someone in a mask or or a white guy usually some 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 old white guy uh causing (laughs) trouble And he says, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids and your dog and your dog, which I feel like now as I'm saying it, perhaps Scooby-Doo is like the foundations of my of my skeptic life. Because I'm like, it's (laughs) never a ghost. It's just a dude. It's just some dude.
1: (laughs) Uh, That'll here's the thing, though that plays out until it doesn't <laughs> until it's a real demon, like in the 13 ghosts of That's Scooby-Doo. It's true. true.
0: And I feel like a lot of like kind of these ancillary versions of Scooby-Doo end up with real things uh, because the next one that I was a huge fan of growing up 1988 was Scooby-Doo and the ghoul school. Yes. I was like, please give it to me. Yes. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> obsessed i was obsessed with this movie um so this is a movie in which scooby shaggy and scrappy Doo are hired to be gym teachers (laughs) at a finishing school for monster girls um so it features daughters of the universal monsters um as lovely young ladies um and i was just i was so obsessed with this movie i thought that this was the coolest thing I wanted to be a ghoul at the ghoul school. Yeah. I feel like
1: there are so many things in Scooby-Doo that are pathways to being queer. Um, the ghoul school is one of those things. Yes. <laughs> like if look me in the eyes, listeners who can't see us right now and tell me that if you loved Scooby-Doo specifically certain episodes that you are now not a bisexual
0: person <laughs> at minimum. Uh, I was, I was so obsessed with Sibella. The uh, Dracula's oh, daughter, yeah, the vampire yeah. girl, she was like purple and had purple hair, and I just thought she was the coolest. She is the coolest. She is the coolest. Well, not quite. <laughs> there is, there are some cooler people. There our certainly way. are. Who appeared perhaps in nineteen ninety nine in Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is one which also, I mean. This is not the cool person we were referring to, but another extremely cool person, Tim Curry uh, plays a horror novelist in this uh, video, this film um, who invites Mysteries Inc. to come to his New England hometown where his ancestor has been maligned as a witch. And he's trying to clear her name except oops, surprise he's evil and his ancestor was an evil witch. Oh no. Um, but the plot, the plot dims um, when compared to the glory of the Hex Girls. Of the Hex
1: Girls.
0: I my so my notes literally say Hex Girls three exclamation points parentheses <laughs> Oh no I'm so gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I That's I really had, all I have to add to that. Yeah, we had the Scooby Doo and the Witches' Ghost soundtrack CD. Oh and hell yeah! We just listen to the Hex Girls songs over and over again. And I was just like, wow, I'm just really, I'm just really a fan. Of I just think cool they're really cool. <laughs> for no, no particular reason. And I think I feel like not, not to tell on myself, but I feel like it was probably the hex girls that led me to my brief <laughs> Wiccan phase. Oh, yes. Yeah. Obviously they, they were Wiccans and we're talking about, you know, herbs and natural healing and good magic. And I was just like, I'm down for that, except for mostly. I'm just like I want people like the Hex Girls to think that I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Why I want not to me? I want
1: to lure myself a big titty goth girlfriend. So yes. I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm going to start practicing natural medicine.
0: All <laughs> oh, oh, those Hex Girls,
1: yeah. I uh, them and then like uh, she go. Yes. Are the two specific cartoon moments I remember having and being like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. no. <laughs>
0: oh man. She go. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm about to move on to live action. Do you have another animated Scooby-Doo experience
1: that you would I, like to discuss? I do. And I have a, an embarrassing story that I don't Ooh, remember even if better. I've actually shared this with you before. Um, scooby-doo had a massive impact on my life in this way <laughs> uh so my favorite like animated villain of the the but favorite but also not favorite at the same time is the creeper oh yeah um and i believe that episode is one of the like ogs from 1970 6970 season um because there's kind of like those the few villains that recur several mm-hmm. times throughout the series the is one of them one of them is that like guy in the scuba suit yes <laughs> i was
0: super scared of that i was yeah. very scared of the diving suit
1: guy yeah he was spoopy um but so the i don't know if it's the first episode where the creeper shows up i don't remember but basically he he hides in the back of the mystery machine um he like crawls in the back and covers himself in blankets and so like they don't know that he's in the mystery machine with them and they're like Mm -hmm. driving um and that for some reason scared the piss out of me as a a kid i was like oh my god someone is gonna hide in the back of my car Mm -hmm. and kill me and so when i became this followed me into adulthood and when i became a, a person who drove my first car was a ford explorer And it had, you know, a a roomy trunk, which if you all know anything about me now, I now drive a Beetle, which nobody can hide in a Beetle. I was just
0: going to say, do you drive a Beetle so no one can hide in it?
1: Pretty much. Pretty much. No, I wanted one anyway, but also it's a bonus. bonus. Yes. I can see everything in that little tin can car. But so for the like year and a half that I drove a Ford Explorer, Every single time that I got into the car, I would sit there very, very quiet. I would cut, I would get in, I would shut the door and I would sit there as if I were just an unsuspecting victim. And I would like toy with a few things. I'd be really, really quiet. And then I would scream at the top of my lungs out <laughs> of nowhere. Cause I was convinced in my head, I was like, if someone's hiding in the trunk, I'm going to startle them and they'll be so surprised that they'll pop up and I'll know they're there and I can run. There you go. And that all, I literally did that for a year and a half of my (laughs) life because of Scoobert Do
0: I mean, I definitely, I definitely look in my backseat every time that I get in my car. And then like, once I start driving, I'm usually like, wait, did I actually look and like whip around and look (laughs) back there? So I, I definitely, I definitely feel the, that I, I did not get into the the full into the full skin screaming the full skin of it <laughs> you, you never did safety screaming <laughs> I did just not. me okay uh, but yeah that oh, is yeah that's scary.
1: literally directly because of Scooby Doo it's the, uh, the creeper that triggered that fear in me so thanks Scooby, Scooby you made me Scooby safer
0: <laughs> all right um, so we're gonna jump to 2002 uh, which Ooh. was when the live action Scooby Doo movie came out. Um, which is another one which it's kind of fun to be like oh like scooby-doo you know kind of is like a baby horror and it has some some horror horror royalty in the film like miss sarah michelle and mr matthew lillard yeah i
1: i cannot imagine a better casting for shaggy than matthew
0: lillard right oh my god he's so good yeah, I I definitely saw this in theaters,
1: and I did too. Yeah, and was like,
0: "Hell yeah, Scooby Doo!" And it, I I stand by it. I think it's a fun movie. Uh, another,
1: I got another confession to make. <laughs> Taylor and I watched the Scooby Doo movies every single year at least once. Like, we love these movies uh, so much. I and I mean every year for the ten years we've been together we watch these movies and we also usually watch spy kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I also was, a, I have not watched my kids in my adult uh, life, but I was a big fan. I recommend of
1: it highly. But yeah, we, I, I still, as a nearly 30 year old person, think these movies are incredible.
0: <laughs> I love Scooby-Doo. Yes. Uh, and this, you know, kind of tying into um, how we started the episode, uh, James Gunn, who wrote the Scooby-Doo live action movies, um, Tweeted in a tweet that has since been deleted, um, Mm -hmm. but claims that Velma was explicitly gay in his script for the movie and that he got pushback from Warner Brothers and it just kind of kept watering down and watering down until it was no longer no longer gay. (laughs)
1: Remind me, is the first movie the one with Seth Green or is that the second?
0: I think it's the first one.
1: Okay, (laughs) because I saw a meme the other day that almost killed me that said how many more lesbians will seth Green yes. date before his <laughs> before his journey is complete uh, for those no. of you who are not buffy people uh, seth yes. green also plays willow uh, willow's boyfriend for several seasons before she comes out incredible
0: but yeah lot, i feel like so many people also have like a very queer awakening for velma in scooby-doo especially when she gets all sexy
1: I think Velma was one of the first times I felt like I saw myself on screen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like hex girls and things like that were more of like, oh, I think they're really cool and hot. But Velma was the first time I was like, I saw a character that was queer coded and felt like, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. Like I too am am the nerdy virgin girl.
0: (laughs) Right. I remember being like excited that there was like, a cartoon character who had glasses yeah same <laughs> and being like oh yeah it's and just i had brown
1: hair and bangs when i was a kid too <laughs> so i like
0: i i was dressing up as velma all the time and solving full mysteries velma. full velma action Um, But with uh, the success of all these reruns, obviously Midge and I were both members of the legion of people who were still watching Scooby-Doo reruns um, Mm -hmm. and the live action movies. Um, Scooby-Doo returned to Cartoon Network in What's New Scooby-Doo, which was a full return to the original format, um, but updated to the 21st century. Um, And since then, they've just kept making new series and new movies. Um, And there was another, um, I think... So the problem is, of course, all of these are just named some variations of Scooby-Doo and some other words. So it's really hard to keep track um, of which are which. Um, But I think uh, Scooby-Doo Mysteries Incorporated, um, the director from that show, has also said that it was his intention that Velma be read as gay um, in his his creation. And there's um, a storyline there where she does date Shaggy. And I remember people being like, "This is dumb," um, but uh, he said that it was it like feels su-
1: weird, but okay, right?
0: That it was supposed to feel weird. That it was supposed to be like an indicator that, like, oh, like Velma's trying this thing, but it isn't really right for her. Hint, hint. Vel- <laughs> Velma tries comp head. like, <laughs> right? Uh, and. Um, We have come up all the way to the new trick-or-treat Scooby-Doo, which involves Velma explicitly swooning over a sexy lady. Mm -hmm. And um, if you haven't seen the clip, I'm I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you probably have. But I highly recommend checking it out because it's just such a cute moment. And like, it was just really nice to see that kind of like classic dorky cartoon character crush moment for Mm -hmm. like a same-sex attraction moment because you you don't really ever get that. Yeah. I I just love Velma. I really do. I do. And on on the heels of all that excitement, HBO Max announced yeah. another reimagining. I'm really um, hyped about this. Yes, an adult-oriented um Scooby-Doo version um in which Velma is Southeast Asian and played by Mindy Kaling, which looks super cool, super fun. Um HBO Please see how excited we are for Velma to be explicitly queer, and make sure that that is represented in your show, also. I I will say I like I'm
1: I'm cautiously optimistic because I believe in Mindy Kaling bringing that to the table. Like mm-hmm. to, like I'm sure she always has such a, a heavy hand in any project she works on as a writer as well. Yeah, and so like I could see her definitely. Uh, coming to the table with that and being like hey we need to take a look at this yes. <laughs> so i'm
0: cautiously excited yeah it, i'm i'm enthused i'm excited by it i'm excited by the idea of like kind of a, a harder a harder version of of mysteries inc kind of yeah. taking sort of that um into more of like a, a teen horror in the style of like a buffy style like well and
1: the trailer and for it stuff. was
0: very like i mean it was definitely
1: based on halloween mm-hmm. uh yeah. so that was really fun like yeah seeing them kind of enter a, a slasher type arena i think is really fun and exciting yeah so Scooby Doo are horror royalty they are i think
0: they are um <laughs> it it lives on like they've been rocking it since 1969 and we're still into it um It was, you know, just the right mix of spooky and funny for me when I was when I was a kid. And it remains, I think, really fun and charming to this day. And I'm glad I had that that little teaser for, you know, my future life as a spooky girl. Yes, I'm really excited, actually.
1: So my local theater, uh, Screenland Armor, does a Shocktoberfest. Oh, yes. um, And they show at least one movie all October long, uh, classic horror, um, universal monster movies, all kinds of things. Um, but they have one day coming up that is very specifically Scooby-Doo Day. And they're showing the live action films. But after 9 p.m., there's an adults only screening of the first film because my understanding is that there was a lot of that film cut because mm-hmm. it was two yeah. adult um but my theater has the like full cut of the film and so we're gonna do the adults only screening of scooby-doo and i'm very excited about it yeah. it's gonna be very very fun
0: you'll have to report back that
1: sounds super cool i will and i think is it it's either that movie or the um the the redo series you were talking about that came out after the movie's uh, that has the when Simple Plan did the the theme song. Oh it's yeah, like a, so pop, good! Like
0: oh. Scooby <laughs> Doo. I love it. After you, gonna solve it. <laughs> it's a banger! It's a banger! It is a banger! Yeah, that is my that is my Scooby Doo tribute. I'm uh, so glad
1: you brought this to the table because this is one of my favorite childhood spookies.
0: It All was right. so good. It was so good, and. If any of you out there were also Scooby Doo fans, um, definitely drop by the Instagram and let us know. Um, let us know if uh, the Creeper inspired any lifestyle <laughs> changes for you. <laughs> um, if any of these characters gave you a queer awakening, we just we got to know. Got to know. I have an important
1: thought that I think you and I should do um, a, a collab and do a Velma and Daphne cosplay for instagram
0: oh we should i think we
1: should do that yes let's do it okay okay oh (gasps) (laughs) oh I just realized I'm seeing you in a couple days. I was like, or we can take a picture in person. Ooh. All right. I'll I'll, I'll have to go ruffle through my wardrobe and see what I can find. Scramble for your orange turtleneck. (laughs) I know
0: you have one. I do. Um. I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We appreciate it. We're happy to be spending spooky season with you. And if you are enjoying the show, um, we would love it if you would subscribe, um, and if you have the time, it really helps us out when you leave a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts, and when you leave a review, we like to read them right here on the show.
1: We do. Uh, do. you have
0: a review for me today, Mitch? I sure do. Uh,
1: this one is titled, Hey Ghoul Hey, with Hi. a little ghost emoji. Love that. Uh, this is from Gwennyboo123. This is my favorite podcast. It is just Chef's kiss. (laughs) It is so fun and spooky. It's really like having a night with your best school friends and just sitting around laughing till it hurts. I also love learning new things about spooky topics. I got a little behind on episodes and have been binging them, and I don't know what I'm going to do with my life after I catch up and have to sit and wait for each new episode. I usually listen on Spotify, but I downloaded Apple Podcasts just so I could leave you guys a well-deserved five-star review. Oh, thank you, Gwenny Boo. <laughs> thank you, Gwenny. That's awesome.
0: Oh, Much
1: appreciated. I I, I, uh, I I hope you haven't caught up yet, but here's a new episode
0: just for you. <laughs> Hope you like it. Hope you're a Scooby Doo fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like I said before, um, if you want to keep up with us and what the podcast is up to, you can find us on Instagram at Ghoul's Night in Pod, and if you are looking for me, you can find me at Penny Snark, and you can find me everywhere at Midge Munster. And until next time, good, good, good bye. bye.